Awesome. All right. So um, was everybody able to do the QRL thing or the RL or what is it called? QR? Is that it? QR thing? Yeah. So, um, so you came to Launching Foster Care Ministry and I'm so excited that you guys are here. And I'll tell you a little bit about myself. Um, my husband and I, this is our family. My husband and I, we were um, pastors in Youngstown, Ohio, and for 26 years in Youngstown, I worked with vulnerable children and families at a ministry called Heartreach Ministries, where uh, we worked with kids and the families in the inner city. And so, and then my husband and I, we planted a church in Youngstown in the, city, in the inner city there, and we were uh, foster parents for about 10 years. And we ended up adopting um, three of our foster children. Um, so this is my son-in-law. He's married to my daughter. And this is my, my daughter-in-law. And that's our baby. And she's married to him. So <laughs> that's our little grandbaby. So there's nothing like being a grandma. But that's a little bit about our family. And uh, I've, of course, you can tell I've been a foster parent. I've worked with vulnerable children. So this is a real passion of mine. And so three years ago, when they asked me to come to the network office to be the director of Father's Heart, I was like, wow, what an opportunity. Um, and I'm just so glad that um, I'm able to do this and try to. And Father's Heart is um, a ministry that connects Christians to care for vulnerable children and families. So it helps churches develop ministry around vulnerable children and families. So, um, and this is a little, uh, just a short video about Father's Heart to give you a better idea of what it's about. Let's see. Meet Abby. Yeah. Abby is a child in foster care. And like 400,000 other children in the United States just like her, she stands in line for a foster care system that struggles mightily to provide children with loving homes. The cost of that struggle is staggering. Did you know that over 60% of American children caught up in sex trafficking come out of foster care? Or that there are several states where over half the prison inmates come from the foster system? Or that the majority of girls who age out of foster care become pregnant within two years, perpetuating the cycle of generational poverty? Abby needs more than a roof over her head. She needs a home. She needs more than a state. She needs a father and a mother. She needs consistent and sincere love, nurturing, accountability, Father's heart is based on the biblical promise in Psalm 68, 5 and 6. God is a father to the fatherless. He sets the lonely in families. It's our commitment to live that promise, specifically for foster kids. When we compare the number of kids in need of homes with the number of churches in America, a simple arithmetic becomes clear. If each church could raise up one foster family, we would be able to take all children in the foster system and place them in the care of a loving home. Father's Heart exists to encourage and equip these churches to raise up loving families and volunteers committed to caring for kids like Abby. We will achieve this in three ways. First, we use church awareness campaigns to inspire new families to express God's love by giving homes to children in need. Second, we provide an engineered care community to surround foster families with love and support, which keeps approved families fostering longer. Third and finally, by providing many ways in which families can serve together and be the hands of God to these precious children, we help many families transition from supporting foster families to becoming foster families. Abby needs help. Churches want to help. 
Father's Heart helps churches by giving them clear direction and concrete actions to take. Father's Heart helps Abby and many more like her by raising up families who want to put the promise of God into action. The need is great. The time is now. Let us live out our Heavenly Father's Heart together. So that tells you a little bit about Father's Heart and why we're here. And we uh, are always here to resource churches. And I just want to take a minute to talk about the, some of the things I put on your chairs. You have um, this card here, which is called With, and it's about the CAFO Summit. Have any of you heard of CAFO? Oh, let me tell you, this is a great, great organization. It's called Christian Alliance for Orphans. That's what CAFO stands for. And um, they just have so many resources for orphan care and for foster care. This is a great conference. If you guys uh, are looking for a good conference to go to, it is such a great conference. And usually they have their conference in Texas at one of those huge churches and thousands and thousands of people come to this. Well, this year they're having it right here in Ohio. It's going to be in Cincinnati. And if you guys can go, I would just highly recommend you go. They have all kinds of breakout sessions. Uh, foster parents, social workers can get, um, what do you call it, ongoing hour training credits. Um, so you can take classes there and get credits for your classes to go towards your online, I mean, your ongoing trainings. But this is a, a great, uh, great conference to go to. You don't have to be a foster parent to go. I encourage pastors to go, you know, church leaders, but this is a great conference. And then of course we have Stand Sunday coming up on the second Sunday of November, November 7th. Um, and we'll be talking more about that. And then uh, the next stop steps card I gave you, we'll be talking more about that in a second here. But just wanted to put those plugs in and Father's heart, so we talked about it, so I like to describe it kind of like this. There's this raging river, and these three friends are walking along this river. And all of a sudden, they look into the river, and they see these kids being swept downstream. And so one of the friends says, oh my goodness, we got to get these kids out of the river. And he just goes over and starts pulling kids out of the river. Well, the other friend says, I'm going to run upstream and I'm going to stop the kids from falling in the river. And the other friend says, I'm going to run downstream and I'm going to pick these kids out of the river before they hit the waterfall. And so that's what Father's Heart's about. It's not just about foster care. Yes, we want people to pull those kids out of the system and to provide a safe home for them as a foster adoptive parent. But we also need people that are going to prevent kids from falling into the foster care system. We want to wrap around biological families who are at risk of losing their kids um, so that that family can be healthy and whole. And not only that, we have families, biological families that have lost their kids to the system who are getting them back. And those families really, really need support to help that 
that that family be able to stay together. So we want that. And then not only that, but we want to also wrap around kids that are aging out of the foster care system. You saw the statistics in the in the Father's Heart video that, you know, kids that age out of the foster care system, so many of them end up in prison, they end up homeless, they end up being sex trafficked. I mean, it's it's bad. But if we can get them and, and, and be a mentor to them, a help to them, it can really make a difference. So that's what Father's Heart is really about. So in America, you all know we have a serious crisis. We have a big problem. There's over 400,000 children in our foster care system. And there's about, uh, well, there's 16,000 children in Ohio that are in the foster care system. And about three, over 3,000 of them are children that are waiting to be adopted. Um, the state has permanent custody of them. And the sad thing is, out of the 16,000 foster children, we only have 6,000, I mean 7,000 licensed foster homes. So you can see there's, there's a shortage of homes <laughs> that we need. So this is a huge problem. And sometimes I know me, when I have a huge problem, it seems so overwhelming, I just kind of want to put it on the shelf because I just don't know how to deal with it, you know? It's kind of like this story about um, Farmer Herman Austri. And I don't know if you've ever seen this book, but this is a true story. And it's a book um, about a farmer who bought this land. Farmer Herman bought this land, bought a farm. But there was a major problem. Every time it poured down raining, the creek would flood and it would flood his barn. The creek would overflow and it would flood his barn. So he had this major problem. It just made a mess every time it rained. So he looked into trying to move this barn. He went to the professionals to find out how much it would be. Well, it was gonna be thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, way too much money, and he didn't have it. So one night at the dinner table, he was talking and he was like, man, if we could just pick this barn up and move it like 150 feet up a six, six feet, 16 feet incline, it would be okay, you know, if we could just move it. Well, his son started thinking and his son was like, hmm, he started putting down some numbers and figuring things out and he figured out that they could put these boards through the base of the barn. And then if he could get enough people, one per board to lift that board, that perhaps they could move this barn. So he did all the calculations. I mean, this barn weighed uh, like a, 10 tons. I mean, it was like huge. And so, so they put a, a uh, a plea out to the community asking for volunteers and they said this is the day we're going to do it and do you know they had more than enough volunteers to come some people were just coming there to watch but they they needed 344 people so these 344 people got all the way around the barn and each of them grabbed a board 
and they move that barn 150 feet up a 16-foot slope, and they put it down, and he never had a flooding problem again. So I'm thinking, boy, you know what? He took that huge problem, but he broke it down into small pieces, just little boards, but he needed a lot of people. And that's kind of like the foster care system. We had this huge problem, but you know what? If we each take a piece, if we, if we, God's called us to, right? If we each take a piece, it makes it so doable. We can do it, but it's going to take a lot of people working together and doing what they can do, what God's gifted them to do. So I want to look at today, oh, wrong thing. We are going to look at five basic steps in launching a FAM. Now, a FAM is foster care ministry. FAM stands for Family Advocacy Ministry. And I like to say Family Advocacy Ministry because it's not just about foster care. Like I said, that river picture, it's more about family, keeping a family together, giving a kid a family that they need. So I like the word FAM, Family Advocacy Ministry. But sometimes when you say that, they're like, what is that, you know? So now you guys know. So we're going to talk about five basic steps in launching a FAM, a family advocacy ministry, okay? So we're going to break it down. First, you have to develop, the first step is you have to develop a ministry action plan. And let me tell you, I'm going to have all these notes. I'll email them to you guys because I got your information. And I'll also put them on the SCED thing so you'll have them, you know, so you don't have to like write like crazy. So you'll have my notes. But the first thing you want to do is develop a ministry action plan. And in developing a ministry action plan, you have to answer some questions. The first question is why? Why are we doing this? Well, our why is because God has adopted us into his family. And then it's also because Jesus gave us the greatest example of all. We see in, in uh, John 1, 12, it says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. We are a part of God's family. You know, when we adopted our three children, uh, Jaquan, Raquel, and uh, Dante, when we adopted them, they had full access to us. You know, it wasn't like a neighbor, neighbor's kid. It wasn't like, you know, um, a niece or a nephew. No, they were my sons and my daughter, and they had full access to me. And thank God we have full access to our Heavenly Father. But not only that, they had, as a Yano, they had new privileges that they, because they were a part of our family, but they also had new responsibilities. And as children of God, we have access, we have privileges, but we also have responsibility. And one of the responsibilities we see is um, he, he calls us to care for the fatherless, for the orphans. And that's one of our responsibilities. So that's why, right? Well, we also have Jesus who gives us the greatest example of all. You know, he was willing to come to this messy earth, leave his heavenly throne, and come to this messy wor world to embrace brokenness 
And that's what he's calling us to do. In John 1.14, it says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came for the Father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus, he was willing to step into brokenness. The incarnation tells us that God sees hard places and broken people and moves towards them, not away from them. We see, let me see, James 127, this is one of my favorite verses. It says, religion that God our Father accepts as faultless is to look after the orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained from the world. The incarnation of Jesus does three things. It compels us to care for the vulnerable, and it sustains us in the midst of the difficulty. So how many of you know, if you're a foster parent, you know, when you embrace broken places and broken people and vulnerable situations, it's hard. (laughs) It's not always easy. But because we have Jesus as our example, it sustains us to know that we can do this. God's calling us to do this, and we can do this. And the third thing the incarnation does, it, um, it puts the gospel on display. People can say, wow, look at that person. Look at that life that was changed because that person was willing to go into brokenness. You know, my, um, my one son, Jaquan, I'm just so proud of him uh, that we adopted. He, he came from a very, very, very abusive a situation. And you can, you know, kids that have been abused and in those situations, they're going to act out. They're angry. They, they just have a lot going on inside of them, right? And so he was getting kicked out of school every day. He was getting in fights every day. He was failing. I mean, you know, that's how it was. But God did such an amazing work in his life. And it wasn't only because we adopted him, but it was because uh, we had teachers. He had, he, we put him in a Christian school, and teachers wrapped around him and, and spoke life into him. He had a, a basketball coach that was a Christian that just, like, believed in him and just took him under his wing. I mean, he had people that God placed in his life that invested in Jaquan. And to this day, when his social, now he's 26, you know, he never ever thought he would graduate from high school, let alone go to college. He graduated from college this past year. He's in the leadership apprenticeship at Chick-fil-A, you know, doing great. But boy, you know what? It was like you had to remember those times like, oh, God, help me through this. You know, when when you're dealing with the mess, you don't always see it. But, wow, when his social worker, when his caseworker sees him today, I mean, every time she just starts crying and she's like, he's nothing but a miracle. He's nothing but a miracle, you know. Um, And she's like, only God. I mean, his life gives glory to God. Anybody, any of his teachers who knew him before and sees him now, I mean, they see a transformed life. And that's what it's about. You know, it's kind of cool when when you see just somebody who just it looks impossible, you know, or even maybe kids that you're dealing with that you're thinking, oh, dear God, am I wasting my time, you know? <laughs> you're ready to pull your hair out. Believe me, I've been there many times. 
But you know what? Then to see like, man, God has a plan and a purpose for this person. And God is in the miracle working business, the redeeming business, the restoring business. And he wants to use us to help do that. Right. So so that's uh, so we know that Jesus is our reason why. Okay, what we need, the second question we have to ask ourselves is what? So we asked why, why are we doing this? We know that. So now what, (laughs) what are we going to do? And when you answer the question what, you have to also ask what are the needs in my community? So these are some questions that you need to ask in um, developing your ministry action plan is what are the needs in my community? You need to know the number of foster children in your county. You need to know the number of children waiting to be adopted, the number of licensed homes, the number of licensed foster parents. And this will be in my notes I send you, but these are some great websites to find out those statistics, okay? And CAFO, what I told you about the Christian Alliance for Orphans, they are also developing something which I'm really excited about. Uh, Them together with Care Portal are developing this tool where they're gonna have it where every county in the United States, you'll be able to click on your county and find out the up-to-date stats for your county. So that should be out soon. And when I get it, I'll be sure and send it to you guys, the information about that. It's going to be a great tool for us to use. It will have the statistics for your state and county. The problem is, like, a lot of these things, they, they're like the, the most recent data is from, like, 2018. So at least you have something to go on, but it's not the most recent a lot of times. So CAFO is working on having the most recent data, which... I'm really excited about that's going to be a big help. Another um, question you need to ask are who are the key players in deciding what you're going to do? Who are the key players in your county? You know, you need to know who's at children's services, uh, private foster licensing agencies. You know, what are what agencies do you have in your community that um, license foster parents? Uh, you want to know nonprofits that are working in this world, you, you know, um, even nonprofits that are just helping um, maybe the, the poor in your community and stuff, because you want to know the resources out there for families who are struggling. Um, and then also other churches that might be involved in this. And maybe you can learn from them what they're doing. And if, they, if they're doing a huge backpack drive for um, foster kids and for uh, vulnerable families, then that may be something that you won't want to repeat. You know, if they're already doing that, that will let you know, well, we need to do something else. So it's good to know other churches. Then a real important question to ask why, why you're um, – what – deciding what you're going to do is what is your church's identity okay you need to know what your church is good at not every church is going to be able to have foster families in it maybe they're an older congregation you you know you have to know the dynamics of your church so these are some great questions to ask does your pastor endorse this this is huge you have to make sure your pastor is behind this 
I'm telling you, um, you'll have so much more buy-in from your congregation if your pastor is endorsing this. You know, it's going to be very hard if he's not. So the first thing you should do is talk to your pastor. And then what does your church do well? Well, maybe your church is great at, at um, putting on big projects or big events, you know, or maybe they're good at small groups. So what do people show up for? Are they great at making financial contributions? Do they love to gather for prayer? Do they show up for uh, one-time serving events? Do you have a strong small group identity? Do you have families currently fostering? Do you have kinship care providers? Um, a kinship care provider is somebody who's caring for um, maybe a relative. Say a grandparent is now raising their grandchild or an aunt has taken in a, a nephew or a niece that they're raising. That's called kinship care. And then... Uh, then does your church already serve a, a vulnerable population? So those are some great questions to ask. And on this next steps card, you can see um, on the back here, there's different squares. And so what I like to tell churches is uh, you can't do everything, <laughs> you know. So what I suggest for a church is to pick one of these squares. You see there's the crawl level. And that level is basically um, just meeting material needs. So it might be uh, some of you did the, the foster care gift card project this year where we gave gift cards to teenagers in the foster care system. Well, that would be a crawl level because it's meeting a material need. Or like back to school drive where you'd get school supplies or a diaper drive to get diapers for foster families. Those are all examples of the crawl level. And on this card, you can see you can do the crawl level with prevention. Those are families who are vulnerable and at risk. You can uh, do it for foster families, adoptive families, or um, you can do that for kids transitioning out of care. So um, that's the crawl level. The walk level is more of a supportive level where you provide um, support for families like you might say hey we can do a respite night for you or we can for for foster families that's where you give them maybe a date night out while you watch the kids uh, babysitting for a family providing meals for a family um, you know just any kind of support that you have parenting classes that would be like the crawl level and then the run level is where you're actually like recruiting foster families and adoptive families you're recruiting families and then you're also putting support around those families so that that's this card so i just say you know what for the first year pick one square that you think your church can do well that fits your church and just do it well and then maybe next year say hey can we add another square you know so because you want to do it well so that is the what and then and oh i wanted to show you guys this this video let's see and this is about fam Family advocacy ministry supports vulnerable children through one or more strategies. 
All right. I like that. You know, everybody can do something. You may not be able to foster, but maybe you can make a meal for a family. Uh, so everyone can do something. Um, talk. Oh, well, let me go back. So it, I don't know if any of you guys are going to the care communities, um, developing care communities or introducing or introduction to care communities, which is uh, a class here but that is a great class to go to also it just gives you an idea of how to create a support system around a foster family and if any of you guys are interested we do have a training that's well um thought out and well uh, prepared for that to help you if that's one area you think your church would be interested in in maybe providing care communities for foster families for instance if your church has a foster family in it um, that would be maybe a great uh, square for you to point to, you know, to, to, to pick for your, for your church is to develop a uh, support system around that foster family. They say that 50% of foster families will drop out within the first year unless they have a support system around them. If they have a, a church support system around them, then 90% uh, will stay doing it for, for two years or more. So it's very important to have that support system around it. And that's what care communities are. And that's what we teach. But I'm, I got I to gotta cruise here because we are <laughs> we're running out of time. So the second step, let's get to the second step. It's awareness event. So the first step we had was develop ministry action plan. The second step in launching a... Uh, foster care ministry is an awareness event. An awareness event could be like a stand Sunday. How many of you guys have done a stand Sunday at your church? Yay! So stand Sundays is a day to stand for kids in foster care. It's a day to stand to care, to pray, and to give. And so uh, it's just November uh, 7th, the second Sunday in November, is the national day for Stand Sunday. But you can do it any day. So sometimes churches say, well, that day doesn't work for me. It's okay. Do it on another day. Just bring awareness. So this is one, way, one awareness event. And there's so many different things you can do for Stand Sunday. You could have someone preach about it. You could have... Um, uh, I'd be glad to come to your church and share, uh, preach or whatever. And then um, we've had churches that have t contacted their community, their children's services, and they got pictures of kids in their community that were waiting to be adopted. And this church, what they did was they put them all around the walls of the sanctuary. And then during the prayer time, they just went up and they had people put their hands on that child's picture and call them out by name and pray for them. And that was powerful. That was really powerful. And then we had another church that 
had shoes representing each of the kids in their county that were in the foster care system. And so they had shoes all over the, the podium and just representing the kids in their community. And they prayed over the shoes. And, you know, they talked about the, the kids. And then we had another church that on that day, they collected items for kids going into care, like toothbrushes and um, diapers, pajamas, all kinds of things. And they brought, everybody brought their things that day. And then another church, they had like a, like they invited people from their community, like their children's services and some private agencies and I don't know, uh, safe families, just different places. Then they set up like display boards and stuff where people could go around and get information about those things. So that's an awareness event. But, and then like uh, on the back slide, and some months to consider doing awareness events, you can do them more than once a year, is April is Abuse Awareness Month, May is Foster Care Month, November is Adoption Month, and Stand Sunday. So those are some great months that you can um, do an awareness event in. Another idea for our awareness event is um, you can have a movie night. And there's some really good movies out there that deal with foster care. So a movie night, they have, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Mully, M-U-L-L-Y. That is a fantastic movie, but that's about a guy who started an orphanage in Africa, but it's an amazing story, Molly. There's a movie called The Ride, which is a newer movie that's out that's about um, a family who fostered a, uh, um, I forget the name of the guy, he's a famous BMX rider now, but he was a foster kid and tells his journey and his story. That's a great movie. And then... Now, this is an instant family, but there is a lot of swearing in instant family, so I don't know if they have an altered version. But, so that may not be a good, I don't know, you know, you got to play that one by ear. But, um, so there's some good movies out there. You could have a movie night. But whatever you do for your awareness event, um, and some churches have told me that the gift card project that we did was a great awareness event for them. It was an easy way for their people to get on board, and um, it was just a good awareness event. And I have had churches from that say, hey, we want to do more. What else can we do? So that's great. So but whenever you have an awareness event, you have to make sure you have in mind your next step, Okay. And so, like, the awareness event is casting out this huge net, okay? So you're going to catch some fish through that awareness event. You know, they're just going to be interested. Well, after the awareness event, you have to invite people who are interested to an interest meeting. That's step three. Have an interest meeting with all those who are interested in this type of ministry. And then at this interest event... You want to um, you want to share stories. You want to maybe have a foster family give a testimony. These are just ideas. You can uh, show a video about foster care ministry. You can have someone like me from Father's Heart come and share. You can share um, how you believe your church wants to be involved in this what your church wants to do. And so at that interest meeting, you're going to be throwing out a smaller net, you know, and you'll catch the ones that are serious about doing this, you know. And you want to make sure you get their information 
Oh, I went way ahead. What did I do? And then um, you want to cast some vision. And then you want to define the next steps. So you always want to have the next steps available. Otherwise, because if you bring awareness without any action plan, it's going to just go, it's going to go flat. You know, nothing's going to happen. So you always have to have an action steps. You always have to have the next steps ready. So you have your interest meeting, and then you want to define what the next step is, okay? So, and then step number four is what you want to do is you want to develop a team. So from those people who are really interested and say, yes, I want to do this, I'm all in, then you want to start developing your team. Okay, you want to train your volunteers. Maybe you have a family in your church that says, hey, I want to start fostering. Um, and, you know, and then maybe your church will say, great, you start fostering. We'll put a care community around you, you know. So then that family who says, hey, I want to start fostering. They need to start the foster care licensing process. You know, the volunteers that are going to serve the care community, you want to train as volunteers. If you just want, if you're church isn't ready to do all that yet and you're just saying okay we're just gonna um, maybe provide a respite night once a month for foster families then you have to make sure everybody gets background checked you got to make sure you do some trainings on on um, how to work with the kids or you know your church policies and stuff so you want to train your volunteers or maybe your church is like hey well right now we're just gonna do like a big um, back to school, backpack drive or whatever. Well, you want to get people lined up for that. Like who's going to do the advertising? Who's going to do, you know, just the nitty gritty details of everything. So, all right. So you want to train your volunteers. And then the fifth, oh, and then, oh, wait. Okay, you want to develop your team. Oh, you know what? The fifth step, I don't know where my fifth step went. <laughs> but your fifth step is to actually launch the foster care ministry, okay? I my slide. I don't know what happened to it, but it was there. Um, the fifth one is you want to launch your foster care ministry. That's when it takes off. And after you launch your foster care ministry, one thing you want to do is you want to track and train, okay? So you want to um, keep track of like um, how many kids are you servicing? Because that way you can know where you were at the beginning and then you can see your progress, you know? How many care communities you have. You wanna track um, how many families are um, interested in fostering, you know? Where, where are they at around that process so that you can keep up with it. And then you wanna train, you want ongoing training for your workers, your volunteers and that. So, and let me just tell you this, if you go through the care communities training we have, it's called church advocate training. If you go through that, it's an online course. If you go through it, it's, uh, you have like, they, you have like a couple hours of training to do before the class. And then during the class, it's what, four hours, I think it's a four hour class. It's about four hours. And if you do that, and your church um, signs a church partnership agreement with Father's Heart, you'll have access, you can have access to our portal, uh, Promise Serves portal that has all, all the resources you need. I mean, like if you're gonna do a care community, it has videos um, to train your volunteers. It has sample emails to send out. 
It has a whole um, event tracking system, like a calendar where you can put people in, like Katie's going to provide meals on the first Tuesday of the month, and Gail's going to provide meals on the second, and you put their names in, and it will shoot them out reminders. I mean, it's a great um, system to use uh, if you want to do this. But uh, in order to use the system, though, you got to really be trained in it. You have to go through the um, family advocacy or the, I'm sorry, the church advocate training, which helps you understand care communities a little better. This is like such, I have to go so fast on this class because I only have so much time. I wish I could go deeper. And then you want it to recruit and resource. So you constantly want to try to be recruiting more people. And I tell you, once people get involved in this and they just start talking about it, um, that's how people are going to be recruited, you know, because people are going to be passionate about it. And then other people will be like, wow, I'd love to do that, you know. So you constantly want to be recruiting people and um, resourcing, you know, resourcing your volunteers and stuff. So I know I did that quick, but because um, I think we are like just about out of time. But I wanted to open it up. For any questions, does anybody have any questions or any thoughts or anything? No. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I, I will send it to all of you, the information about it. I will send it to you. But you can also go to um, the Promise 686 org, I believe it is, to their website, and um, they'll have the church advocacy training clinic on there. So, yeah, go ahead. And one more thing, can you show me that QR code again? Because it, like, blocked me out. Oh, yeah, you know what, I think I have, oh. and didn't recognize my church, so it had, like, so it finally yeah, it came up. Did it, so it, like, sent me an email, and then, like, when I went to the email, oh. it, clicked, it let me pick our church. Oh, yeah, really? Oh, good. Oh, okay. I'll go back to it. So, yeah. Okay. I think I have. There it is. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Try it again. If not, um, you can just give me your information, I guess. Yeah. So I'll, but I'll send you guys the information about the church advocate um, clinics and I'll send you all the notes and everything. And um, when I get uh, resources like for Stan Sunday and stuff, I'll be sure and shoot it out to you guys. Uh, one thing we do have also, um, it's on fathersheartohio.com is our website. And uh, every, the first Friday of every month from 12 to 1230, we have a Zoom prayer call. Um, and the whole focus is on praying for kids um, in foster care. I think this month we're going to be praying for biological families, um, families who have lost their kids to the system and that for that. But um, every month we'll have a, a different focus, but it's all geared around foster care. So we'll be doing that the first Friday of the month at the lunch hour. So um, does anybody else have any questions or anything? I know uh, this was like, this is just like a big overview. So, uh, yeah. Do you know of any like local churches that are doing this 
Yes. Yeah. So um, People's Church in Cincinnati is doing it really well. They have about five care communities around foster families. Um, so they're doing it really well. Um, yeah. CLC and Dayton, they have a good um, foster parent support group. Um, so some churches have good foster parent support groups and stuff, but I'd say People's Church is doing a great job with foster care ministry. I don't think they do. Yeah. But that would be a great thing for them to start. <laughs> yeah. The church advocate training, there is a cost. Um, and if there, if, if you, if you find yourself in a position where you're, you don't, if your church can't afford it, let me know because I don't want that to be an issue. Um, I think it's, I can't remember now. See, Father's Heart, we partner with Promise 686 and they develop like all the trainings and the resources and stuff. It's phenomenal. I mean, it's well worth it. But if your church, um, if your church can't afford it, let me know because I don't want that to be a hindrance. Yeah. I think it's like a hundred dollars, one hundred forty dollars, maybe what eighty dollars? Nine, yeah, it's around a hundred dollars or less, I think. But yeah, it's not just for one time. Yeah, and um, Father's Heart, we partner with um, Promise Serves, which is Promise Six Eighty Six. We partner with them, so we we pay into it so that all the churches under Father's Heart will have access to all the resources, the portal, and everything. So you guys don't have to pay for anything ongoing. Um, the only thing is, a, as a Father's Heart partner, we just ask that um, your church support Father's Heart in some way. It could be a one-time offering. It can be a monthly support. So whatever your church can do. I mean, we really don't want uh, money to be a hindrance in any way. We just want kids to be cared for and families to be cared for. So, yeah, does anybody else have any questions? All right. Well, you guys were fantastic listeners. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And um, if you stop by the Father's Heart table, I have more books and we have T-shirts and make sure you get your free t-shirt to the people I gave them to. And then we also have these, like you can have one of these if you want, but it's leveraging your stand Sunday. So it's like kind of gives you um, tools on how to plan an interest meeting after your stand Sunday. It gives you ideas. So if you want one of these, you can, you can have it. Okay.